Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And the, the, the title of this message is Asking to Be a Servant. Asking to be a servant. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we just come to you today. Lord, I know, Lord, that you've accepted our worship. You said you dwell in the midst of the praises of your people. Lord, I know your presence is here. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit have liberty at this time to touch us, to move us, to build us up, to put us on that rock, Lord God. Speak to our hearts, I pray. Encourage us, Lord God. Let every thing that is bound be broken hallelujah break some chains today lord god set at liberty them that are bound hallelujah we thank you for your word right now and we give you the praise and the glory in jesus name amen turn to your neighbor and say asking to be a servant amen you may be seated amen you know i'm not long-winded so i won't keep you here very long won't keep you here very long, but this thought came to me a few weeks ago, and it's interesting because as I meditated upon it more and more, it just came to me that uh, the title that I gave you, they're asking to be a servant, is not the complete title. I'll give you the rest of it a little bit later, but it's based upon the prodigal son story taken from Luke chapter 15 and verse 18. And you all know the story of the son. He wanted to do his own thing, as many times we all do. As I'm sure there's been a time where all of us, we just wanted to do our own thing. We didn't want anyone to tell us anything to do, want any guidance. We just wanted to go out there and do our own thing. But you know how the story goes. And a lot of times when you do your own thing, you learn some hard lessons. And in this case, he lost everything, and when he lost all his money, he lost his so-called friends. You know how that works. And he ended up in the pig sty with the, with the pigs feeding the pigs. And the Bible said he came to his senses. You know, a lot of time, the only thing that will make us come to our senses is some circumstances. Circumstances have a strange way of making us think clearly. <laughs> you know, it makes us really sober up fast when we find ourselves in circumstances. It helps us to think clearly. And sometimes God allows us to get in some circumstances so that we can start to think clearly. And this young man began to think clearly. And in Luke 15, 18, he said, you know what? I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. This young man came up with a question he was going to ask the father. He was going to ask him to make him a servant. And it made me start to meditate upon that because he had no intention or didn't believe it was possible to be a son anymore. He thought the best he could be was a servant. But you know, he reasoned to himself, even the servants are doing better than me. 
Even the servants are having a better time than me. And sometimes, as I said, it's circumstance that drives us to prayer. It's circumstance that drives us to God. Sometimes it has to take some circumstance of us being finding ourselves in the, in the pigsty, in the, with, the, with the pigs, that is what drives us to prayer. I'm sorry if it's a little warm now. Someone said it wasn't, it wasn't warm at break, so I turned up the heat. So maybe it's the fire of God. <laughs> Amen. So there's many questions, you know, when we pray, we ask God. But when was the last time you said, God, I want you to make me a servant? When was the last time you said, God, of all the things I could ask you, I want you to make me your servant? It doesn't sound like this kind of thing, most people's prayers. Usually we have our shopping list of things that we want God to do. And I'm, I would be very surprised if too many of us have said, Lord, number one, I want to be your servant. In fact, the, the, the translation doesn't really bring it home. It's really saying, I want to be your slave. I want to be your slave. Paul called himself the bondservant of Jesus Christ. We need to have a new question to ask our Savior. Lord, I want to be your servant. Now, there's some attributes that come with servanthood. There's some special attributes that make a good servant. And one of the attributes is humility. If you're going to be a servant, you're going to be humble because you know what? You're going to receive some orders. You're going to be told some things you don't want to do. You're going to be told some things that maybe you feel are demeaning or below you. But if you're a good servant, you're going to have humility. You're going to take what the master asks you to do. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, very famous verse that we all quote. It says, if my people that are called by my name, the first thing it says you got to do... Humble yourselves. Nod your neighbor and say, humble yourself. <laughs> humble yourself. Ooh, that's a hard thing to do. It's so easy to believe your own mirror image. It's so easy to get like Nebuchadnezzar and say, isn't this great Babylon that I have built? It's so easy to, to drink the Kool-Aid, as they say, and start believing you are something. But to be a good servant, the first thing you need to do is humble yourself. Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people that are called by my name shall humble them. The first requirement in servanthood is that you humble yourself, and then you can seek his face. And then you can turn from your wicked ways. But first, you have to humble yourself. The first thing that that prodigal son had to do was humble himself. He had to come crawling back. He had left high and mighty and you, you give me all the money, let me show you how life is really lived. <laughs> you, you're stuck in the mud. You don't, you don't understand what I need. He had to humble himself. He had to come back with a spirit of humility. If you're going to call yourself a good servant, you're, need, you're going to need some humility. How do we get humility? Well, it's by serving others. By serving others. Maybe you just need to call someone and say, I'm going to pray for you. You know, maybe you don't have money. Maybe there's nothing you can do, but you can call someone and encourage them. If you're a servant, you're going to be humble. You're going to be ready to do the master's bidding. In James chapter 4, verse 6, there's a blessing with being humble. You know why? It says, but he giveth more grace. 
You want grace, you want unmerited favor, humble yourself. Humble yourself, abase yourself before the mighty hand of God. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. I preached a message some years ago, you either fall down now or bow down later. <laughs> you either fall down now or you're going to bow down later. When we humble ourselves, God said that he will give us grace. I need a lot of grace. Don't know about you. I need God's grace. I need his mercy. It's nothing that I can put to him and say, I deserve this. The only thing I can ask is, Lord, be merciful. The Bible says in Psalms 51, a broken and a contrite heart, he will in no wise turn away. He will not despise. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You see, the first trait of a good servant is humility. Because for sure the master is going to ask you to do some things that don't look like uh, you should be doing it. Go fetch some water. Go clean the kitchen. Go take out the garbage. <laughs> I'm looking at my wife then. <laughs> I have to humble myself. That's my job. I'm being a good servant. No. God has called us to servanthood. If we're going to return to Father's house, the first thing we got to do is humble ourselves. We can't get on our high horse. We can't be thinking that we're going to just walk in and tell God what to do. But we have to humble ourselves. Amen. The second attribute of a, of a good servant is gladness, joy. Who likes being around people who are always uh, frowning, always got their face down? I love being around people who are joyful. Attitude makes altitude, you know that? The Bible says with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. If you're not having joy, you know what? You're not drinking enough of the salvation water. I just saw an ad for Fiji water. And they showed this island and they made it sound so good. This is special rain. It falls only in this place on these rocks. And that's why this water is so special. Well, I got some better water than that. This water doesn't just hydrate you. It gives you joy. It gives you a heart of gladness. It gives you purpose. It rehydrates the soul. If you're a good servant, you're going to have some joy. You're going to have some gratefulness. You're going to be thankful. In Psalms 100 and verse 2, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. We did some of that. Amen. And if you did it with a smile on your face, then you can be a good servant. Because we have to serve the master with gladness. Mary said to those servants when they went to the wedding and they ran out of wine, he says, whatever he tells you to do... <laughs> I can imagine their faces when he said, I want you to go and get those big 120, they were not small uh, flasks, they were used for baptisms, there were six of them, they were heavy, they were big, the well could have been 200, 300 feet away. Whatever he tells you to do, you got to draw with gladness. Can you imagine those servants when he said, I want you to take all six of them, take them down to the well, I want you to fill them all up. You know, 120 gallons of water is no light weight. They had to bring six of them back. 
They had to just obey. And they, because they obeyed, they were the first ones to know a miracle had happened. When you obey God, you'll be the first in line for the miracle. You will be the first because the servants knew. Read the scripture. It said the servants knew where it had come from. The, feet, the master of the feast had no idea. But the servants knew where the miracle had come from. When you are glad, when you are thankful, you will know the miracle first. There's many other attributes of a servant, but I wanted to highlight those two. That the son first had to be humble. Then he had to go back with glad. He had to believe that there's something good was going to happen. When you come before God, he says, don't come doubting me. You've got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that what? diligently seek him. I hope all of you came to church today wanting a blessing, to hear a word, to sing a song, to lift up his name, to give him thanks. See, many times when we pray, we ask the wrong question. The Bible gives us an example of asking the right question. God told Solomon, listen, I was so blessed by your father. I'm going to let you choose anything you want. You can ask me anything. That big bring a big smile to all our faces. I can see some of you smiling as you think about it. Bill Gates said to you, ask me anything. <laughs> Y'all start to smile. Because you know what the answer would be? Money. <laughs> Money. Money. But Solomon, for some reason, he made one great decision in his life. He said, Lord, you know, you've made me king, but I'm stupid. I don't have the wisdom to rule this nation. Lord, just give me wisdom. And the Bible says the thing pleased God. When the question you ask pleases God, you better hold on tight because blessing is coming your way. He said, because you asked me, not for riches, not for wealth, not for all these things, I'm going to give you all of that besides. You see, we have to learn to ask the right question. In this case, the son said, I want to be a servant. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 tells us in just a couple verses, it says, rejoice evermore. Now that's hard. Sometimes when we get good news, it's easy to rejoice. But it's when you get the bad news, when it's the not so nice news. That's when your faith is tested. That's when praise has got to be your weapon. That's when lifting up the Lord has got to be your voice. You got to do like Jehoshaphat and send the praise team out first. I can imagine the other army looking at Israel and says, what is going on? <laughs> they sending out their choir. They're crazy, these people. What is going on? They're sending out the praise team to fight us. This is so ridiculous. Little did they know that there was strength in praise. Little did they know that when you draw water from the wells of salvation with joy... There is strength in that. Rejoice evermore. Now, that's not so easy. I can say it, but I know from good experience it's not so easy. I have my empty box, too. I've, I'm, I've confessed that. It goes on to say, in everything, give thanks. It's easy to give thanks when you got the promotion, when you got the raise, when things are going good. But this is where you give the devil a black eye, when you start praising him when things are not going so well. When you're at your worst, you just say, I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm going to lift up your name anyhow. For this is the will of God. This is God's will that we praise him. Because this is how we defeat the enemy. Because we give him praise even when we're down. So the two attributes 
of a servant are humility and thankfulness and gladness. See, when we pray, then we will know to ask the right question. Instead of, Lord, give me a better job. Lord, give me a husband. Lord, give me a wife. Lord, make me a servant. Imagine if God was pleased with your prayer. The thing pleased God. Solomon said, just give me wisdom. And the Bible explicitly says the thing, the question that he asked pleased him. And so that's why he gave the answer in Second Chronicles 7.14 that we read. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray. Amen. Then will I hear from him. You want your prayer answered? Ask the right question. Make me a servant. Paul said I'm a bondservant. You know, the greatest titles now people like to call bishop and apostle and doctor this and what. But the greatest title is servant. I've always imagined if a, de if a denomination had that as an official title. You know, instead of bishop, we're, we've just appointed servant so-and-so. You know, we, call, we talk about ministers, but that's what that means. It means to serve. When God calls us, we should ask him to be a servant because there's a re big revelation in this story that happens because he asked to be a servant. The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, and I told you that story when I was getting married, uh, my parents were here and I wanted them to send me some money. <laughs> and instead, they send me this big old fat family Bible. Let me confess, I was not happy. <laughs> I'm getting married. You could have sent some money. Instead, I still have the Bible. It's 46 years old. I brought it to church one time. Remember I showed you? And my mother had written into it, Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things that we're looking for shall be added unto you. When you give God first your best time, when you give God your first, your best um, work, when you give God your best service, then all these other things will be added unto you. You know, people say, well, uh, that's not why I signed up to be a Christian. What about all this ruling and reigning? That's what I want to hear about. I didn't come to church to hear about being a servant. I want to hear about ruling and reigning. I want to be about the head and not the tail, all that stuff. Where's all that stuff? That's what people come to church to hear. They don't want to hear about being a servant. And they're missing out on the secret. In Mark chapter 10 verse 45, here's what our master did. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, unto, but to minister, to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Philippians 2, 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men because there is a power and a revelation in asking God to be made a servant. Here's some good things about a servant. A good servant obeys his master. A good servant is trusted with the master's business. A good servant is faithful over the master's business. A good servant loves the master and seeks not his own. He's not promoting himself. He's promoting the master. 
But there's a revelation in this story that I wanted to bring to your note. He went home asking to be made a servant. Here is the revelation. When you ask to be made a servant, instead God makes you a son. Luke chapter 15 verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. In thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring the best robe. I'm sorry I keep preaching this message, but I'm going to preach it till every part of it is. I'm going to squeeze all the goodness out of this. He, he brought the best robe. You know what he was doing? He was making him a son. You asked to be a servant, God will make you a son. I think that should get an amen. <laughs> that is the, re the reveal for this, is asking to be a servant gets you made a son. Isn't that awesome? You see, the power of God's mercy, of his grace, of his will in our lives, that we who are coming to him as servants get to be called sons. But the father said, bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Nobody could tell he was messed up. Nobody saw what he looked like underneath. He was now covered in the robe of the father. In other words, he was back as son. The ring of sonship was put on his head. He only asked to be a servant. But because of his humility, because of his repentance, because of his attitude, God made him a son. When you come to God asking to be a servant with humility, with, with trust, with patience, God in turn will make you a son. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Verse 23, let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, he didn't call him no servant, was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found and they began to, to be merry. The revelation of this is truly that when you ask the right question, God will give you the right answer. He will turn it around. Instead of being a bondservant, one day we are going to reign and rule. One day we will be the head and not the tail. You ask to be a servant, God will make you a son. Amen. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 tells us this. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth his, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying Abba. It means that we get the right to call him Father. You see, in Jesus' day under the law, you call God Father, you get stoned <laughs> because you are making yourself equal with God. But because of God's grace and his mercy, he gives us the right today to be heirs and joint heirs. You see, here's the benefits of being a son. When you're made a son, that means you have an inheritance. A son. When you're a son, the father tells you his plans. When you're a son, you're going to rule and reign with the father. A son that stays in the father's will gets to inherit. A son that is obedient to the father is blessed. A son that is a good son will get the blessing of the father. When you ask to be a servant, you can be made a son. You can stand. I'm finished. That's the secret today. When we pray, what are we asking for? Are we bringing a long shopping list? Lord, I want this, I want that. You know, you're not surprising God. He knows what we need. You can't tell him anything that's a shock. God isn't going to be, oh, I didn't know he needed a car. He needed some clothes. What parent doesn't know when their child needs some shoes? A bad parent. God is a good parent. 
All he is looking for is for us to come as a servant and then he will make us a son. Isn't that awesome? He will cover us with his love. He will put that ring of sonship on us and he will give us the right to say, this is my son. Amen. Let's have a party. They had a party that night for the son that came back. God is asking us today, will we come back in faith believing that he will make us a son when we ask him as a servant? When we come in humility, in faith believing, God will do a miracle. He will make us an heir and a joint heir. God is speaking to someone today and say, listen, if you will just come to me in humility, if you will just come with joy and gladness, believing that I can do this. I, in return, I'm going to make you a son. Asking to be a servant gets you made a son. Isn't that awesome? Only God can do that kind of thing. In this world, asking to be a servant may get you just to be a servant. <laughs> asking for something in this world only gets you what you have. But when God is in the middle of it, he can multiply that thing and turn it all around. He, we are made heirs and joint heirs. And because ye are sons, in Galatians 4, 6, it says, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, giving us the ability to say, Father. Wherefore thou art no more, verse 7, you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, an heir of God through Christ. Do you understand that we get to inherit in Revelation 13, when the angel puts one foot on the sea and one foot on the sands, and he says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. Do you understand that that includes us? We get to reign and rule with him. I ask you today, what question are you asking God for? If we will in faith ask him, Lord, I want to be your servant. If we will humble ourselves. In answer, he will call for the ring and he'll call for the robe. This altar is open. We're going to close this service. Never close God's spirit. But I want to tell you that there is a special revelation in coming to Father's house. There's a special revelation in asking for sonship. You get made into a son. Hallelujah. When you come in humility, when you ask to just be a servant, God makes you a son. Paul, in nearly all of his epistles, he starts off with this. Paul a servant, a servant of Jesus Christ. That's my title that I would like, a servant. When God makes you truly a servant, in the end, you'll end up being a son. Hallelujah. We're going to close this service. We're going to pray for those at the altar. I ask you right now, as we go to do that, that you will change your prayer this week. Instead of asking for something specific, just say, Lord, make me a servant. Make me a good servant. Help me to be about my father's business. Amen. And in return, watch what God will do in your life. He can change your situation. He will change your direction. Because with sonship comes inheritance. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you today for your word. Hallelujah. Let it find good soil. Let it bring forth some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Lord, as we bow down and in humility, as we leave the pig pen, as we leave the pigsty, as we leave that life, Lord, we come before your throne in humility, Lord. Lord, we are asking to be made a servant. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. Lord, we ask, oh God, that your will be fulfilled in our lives. Jesus, we ask right now for everyone that's under the sound of my voice that we will submit our will to you, that you can make us and transform us from servanthood to sonship. We thank you right now. Hallelujah.